Greetings, cultivators from around the world. Jordan River here, back at you with more Growcast. Magnum OG PI. Today we have Seattle Chronic Seeds, the breeder of Magnum OG, uh, among many other things, and he is here for a breeder feature. Today's episode is awesome. We catch up with the man who we spoke to, I think, a couple years ago at this point. He's been busy. He's been doing deep breeding work into medicinal strains, working in his living soil no-till KNF garden, and moving across the country. So we're going to catch up on all of that and more. But before we get into it, with Seattle Chronic Seeds, shout out to Homegrown VA. That's right, my choice hydro store in the Richmond area. We love Homegrown VA. We were just there for our stupendous living soil masterclass by Queen of the Sungrown. And my God, this place was awesome. They were so professional. They were so smart. They were knowledgeable. We actually scoped the soil of one of those guys. Who was that? Shout out to the dude behind the counter who had an amazing soil sample from his no-till bed. Listen, these guys, they got what you need. They have the selection you need at Homegrown VA in Richmond. And more importantly, they've got the knowledge and the know-how. So you can actually ask them, hey, how do I take care of this problem? What do I do? We were blown away by the quality of their flower and the knowledge of their cultivation situation. So shout out to Homegrown VA. They support the community. They're great educators. They were wonderful hosts. And we'll be back there for our breeding masterclass, me and Rizo Rich doing a breeding tour as well. So stay tuned, Richmond. We love you, East Coasters. And we love Homegrown VA. Shout out to the real ones, everybody. Support the people who support education in our community. All right, everyone, let's get into it with Seattle Chronic Seeds. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, podcast listeners. You are now listening to Growcast. I'm your host, Jordan River, and I want to thank you for tuning in again today. Before we get started, as always, I urge you to share this show with a grow me. Get someone growing for the first time. It's the best thing you can do. Go ahead and hit that little share icon and send this link to a grower because you're going to want to share today's breeder feature. I know you guys love breeder features. Before we get started, though, you can find everything we are doing at Growcast at growcastpodcast.com slash action. There you can see the seeds and the membership and the classes and everything we're doing. Thank you so much for your support, everybody. It means the world to me. As I said, today we have a breeder feature. You guys love talking to breeders, learning about their values and principles, what they're working on. Today's is no different. It's going to be absolutely killer. We have the man himself from Seattle Chronic Seeds. The captain is on the line. What's up, Cap? How are you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Seattle Chronic Seeds, of course, you guys are crushing it. You have been on this show for a breeder feature, but man, it's been a while. It feels like it feels yeah. like it's been forever. Yeah, it's been quite some time. I think I was in Washington last time. So yeah, yeah right. A- well, let's get an <laughs> uh, let's get an update, man. Uh, you moved across the country. You're working on all these new projects. A lot of exciting new energy uh, coming into your brand. Can you tell us what all has been going down since last we spoke? Absolutely. Um, so I uh, moved my family over to Oklahoma. Made the move from Washington. We still have our main office set up. Still running things over in Washington, but the wife, son, and I moved over to try and get set up here basically just because they had uh, no cap on their cultivation. Um, And so I wanted to get on that as soon as possible. You know, a bunch of other people had already moved out here, got started on it, but it was just um, to me, it was more about being able to dive into my genetics and what I have. And then just really find things that I've been looking for because I was so limited on space before in Washington. 
with licensing caps and so it was quite a difference but moved out here had some issues at first with contracts and things that I initially came out here for and so the first year was essentially a struggle for my family just kind of you know getting to zero again like it was like we moved here and then basically lived out of a hotel trying to find a house and we just had a pretty big struggle for a long time and so sure. once we got situated I just started popping seeds like crazy uh, using <laughs> all the space that I had of course just utilizing the medical market while getting set up you know trying to get licensed here um, and so that that's pretty much been the past I think two years here now we're going on two years but it's just we're finally getting caught up getting settled I'm able to hunt I've made some relationships in the state that you know have allowed me to kind of progress my cultivation and uh, hunting so now I'm just going through the hunting and trying to figure the out what I can part. find and Yep, yep, my favorite part. <laughs> That's the good part, man. What is the mission for Seattle Chronic Seeds here? Are you looking to provide genetics for the state? Are you looking to go completely vertically integrated so we see your flower on the shelves? What's the what's the moonshot here? So that's kind of the funny thing is like originally it was to do a vertical integration and just come and you know do kind of a dispensary and do everything kind of what I've been doing on my own. Um but then, of course, the market hit us in the face. Mm -hmm. And so, well, like when I got out here, everything, it was super easy to get into stores. And I mean, once uh, metric came into play, things kind of really shifted. And so it just really made me kind of take a step back and really start to just go back to hunting. I think that's really... I'm just looking to provide genetics and look for what I'm looking for. Like why I came here isn't any other reason than to hunt uh, through pretty much whatever I have and then, you know, find the best available genetics I have. Well, you're given the space to work now, right? So I think that that's, you know, it's, it's funny because like you said, you want to get into the industry, you want to make an impact, you, you, you get these ideas in your head, but then it's like sometimes reality hits you, like you said. And it's just back to back to what you know and what you've been doing, right? Yeah. So so now as opposed to this kind of larger business idea, you're just literally back to pheno hunting. So I think in some ways it's like, oh, this this uh project that I was hoping for didn't turn out the way that I wanted. And then in other ways it's like, well, no more being distracted by shiny objects, back to my passion, back to my craft. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's also just trying to I mean, cultivating on such a large scale and helping like my main thing out here was, and I think a lot of people can relate or, you know, a lot of people have been through the same thing, but it's just, I've gone through so many companies who, you know, they try some of my flower and they're just blown away. They're like, okay, we want you to help us do that. So essentially they, you know, show you this shiny picture of a, you know, a contract for 120,000 or 150, you know, lures of six figures. and you know, you get in there for two, three weeks, kind of get their things dialed in and immediately get cut out of the situation. And it's like, it's happened so many times that it just, it really put a sour taste in my mouth where I didn't want to do commercial cultivation. Um, yeah. Just on such a large scale, because it's like, man, the shady shit that goes on behind it, it's just, I don't know. I just, it, it wasn't for me. And it's like, when I started doing that, I, I was... I was so depressed, man. I was like going through a series of 
hard times in my life because yeah. I was trying to make other people happy. And it's like, it was just a big moment when I finally took a step back and said, you know what? I can't provide for my family doing this thing for other people. I got to go back to what I know. And it's like the moment I started believing back in myself and just doing what I came here wow. originally to do. It's like things started taking off again for me. That's wild, man. I mean, that that actually relates to some things going on that I'm going through more than you know. That's a really interesting lesson, though. And it's it's a situation that I've heard time and time again. And you'll hear multiple times after this, I'm sure. It's so true. It's and, and it's funny because there's a lot of sides to it, right? So this business is now starting up in the cannabis space, and then they go to a legacy grower who knows what to do with this plant. They're, they actually know how to operate with this plant. This corporation doesn't know how to grow this plant. They only know how to do business. And they say, hey, legacy grower guy, you know how to make great craft quality weed. Come and and partner on with us. And then, like you said, as soon as they get their kind of basic standards and procedures down, they kick this motherfucker to the curb. That's that's yeah. the story every time. And then they replace him with fifteen dollar an hour employees that <laughs> are time. doing yeah. what he kind of drew up as the standards and practices. Now, so there's some interesting things that happen here. First off, usually what I've seen happen is they ride off of these practices until something inevitably goes wrong which because in co- which it will, it, which in cultivation, you will get an infestation, you will get pythium or a, a terrible fungal pathogen that's going to, you know what I mean? You're going to run into something yeah. and then your $15 yeah. an hour employees are going to be going Even looking PM, at that. I mean, what's that? PM will ruin somebody, powdery mildew will ruin somebody's grow if they don't necessarily, you know, I've seen it happen to inexperienced people all the time. A hundred percent. I mean, mites, you know, simple things where they don't have a solid IPM or yeah, it's just, it's, it's sad, man. Or they, they usually have somebody shadow you. Like that's the main thing I've seen is they have somebody who, you know, comes on or it's a, a family member or somebody who kind of is watching out or, you know, kind of learning the trade from you. And then that person ends up replacing. So watch out if you get that. Reason. That's the model, everybody. And on one hand, it's like, okay, they're a business and they're trying to run a business. But on the other hand, it's like, this is bad for business. You're screwing yeah. over this person who's going to save your ass down the road. Maybe don't entice them with the huge contract and then kick them to the curb and instead keep them on for a more affordable price. You know what I mean? I don't know what yeah, this or pay a huge lump sum up front and just pay, you know, pay what it's worth. To get That's what I was going to say next. Yeah. yeah. How do you protect yourself as someone like that? Like if you were giving advice to someone who is looking to get into similar situations, A, would you even suggest that they do that? And then B, I imagine you have to probably protect yourself with, like you said, some sort of sign on bonus, right? Oh, yeah. You have to. It's always. And that's the funny thing is. So it's like, I mean, you have these people with these ironclad contracts or, you know, things with attorney. It's And it's these corporations have attorneys who have these contracts written to where it's like you can have your attorney read it. But a lot of the time they don't even catch some of the underwritten yes. stuff in it. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's the shadiest thing I've had to deal with for sure. And like I said, it's kind of businesses being businesses, and then they're going to get bit in the ass for that. When you don't respect the artisan of the craft, you're going to run into some shit down the road, and you're going to want to be calling that guy that you kicked to the curb. That's generally what happens. And then they're producing boof, and they don't know why. So it's an interesting thing. I'm sorry you went through that, and this is a a story that's been shared on this show before, but I'm also glad that it opened your eyes to back to the basics, man. 
back to what you, you came here for, like you said, believing in yourself and, and doing this breeding work and doing this hunting and, and doing this medical work. You seem very medically oriented. I ask breeders, why do you breed? You know, and sometimes someone's after a certain terpene profile, or sometimes it's about, uh, you know, the growers themselves and making plants that are easy to grow. People like you, correct me if I'm wrong, are you heavily driven by the medicinal aspects of this plant and helping people who are genuinely sick and ailing? I mean, that's exactly, I mean, I got into it for myself personally, and then that kind of blossomed into other people who had similar conditions. And then it just, that was kind of my rabbit hole was like medical, not finding the the medical stuff that it's like when I had, you know, a Harlequin, it, it worked, but it didn't work for you know, the stomach shit I had going on. And so I was like, okay, I need something more sour. So sour tsunami, okay, that works for my headache, but it's not necessarily my stomach. So how can I, you know, take this cultivar that has, you know, like a diesel or something with some fuel into it and get the relief because that tends to work for me a little better. And it just, it was my rabbit hole essentially Mm -hmm. was trying to figure out like, how can I get something that helps with my stomach pain, but also makes me hungry at the same time. Jeez. And so ever since then, it was like anything to do with medical issues. Like if people DM me, I'm the type of person who will take, you know, an hour out of my day to literally talk up somebody I've never met before, but just to really try and work and send them seeds or something in hopes that it'll help them. And so it's, it's really near and dear to me just because I've lost so many people. And I've also been through so much in terms of medical conditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, being celiac and, you know, skinny dude, it's like, constantly dealing with chronic pain from being um, in snowboarding and taking, you know, huge falls and skateboarding my whole life. And it just seeing other people and especially which we'll get into, but the Varen stuff. Yes. I, I had somebody a few years when I started this Varen project and it, it's funny because I don't even, I can't smoke Varen's. I'm skinny. It, it's an app. It, it doesn't work with me. So it's like, I have to give it to other people to try out. Some of it I can smoke. Some of it, Anyways, so this person reaches out and basically says like, hey, I, I have a, a, my mom has your tremors and this, um, do you have? And so I, I started kind of diving into like Varens. And so I, I started looking at the different cannabinoids and what I had and then what. And so I really found this one-to-one that worked and started breeding this specifically. Well, the first round of material and stuff that I sent um, to them process. It helped. I mean, like the person called me and they sent me, you know, a few emails and just, it blew them away. Miracle like they've never, never used cannabis, never thought of it. It was somebody who was against it prior, gave it to her mom who had Parkinson's and had severe tremors. The tremors were so bad. She couldn't hold a spoon or anything like that. And by 30 days after using it, she could literally eat by herself. Wow. Could, the tremors were like they were still there but it was like the frequency she was just blown away by it and so that was kind of like a pet thing to where i really found that was like you know again another calling because it's like okay cbd's been played out like type twos everybody's getting them type twos which i still i love playing with type twos sure same with cbg but it's just kind of that cannabinoid that and CBC tend to be the two that I'm like really looking towards right at this point. 
Well, let's let's uh, break it down, uh, you know, for someone like myself, actually, who's not very deep into this. When you say these varins, V-A-R-I-N, a varin, it's a type of cannabinoid, right? It's a subcategory right. of cannabinoids. How do you explain this to lay people like myself? Yeah, so um, basically it is just a uh, subcategory. It's similar to THC. It's just the the chemical composure of it is slightly different. I think it has two chains shorter. And so basically it's a similar pathway. It has um, like a CBG association, CBD, but it's just its own type of cannabinoid. And it has different effects that actually work with your receptors. And it also inhibits effects of THC. So Basically, what trying to explain it to somebody in Lehman Stern. So, when you're like, if you get too high and basically you find something with a Varen, you can smoke it and it will kind of bring you back down, calm the effects. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, for somebody who's maybe overdosed on an edible or something like that, if they had something where you could have a little bit, you know, of Varen to basically snap you back out of it. But it's just, it's weird because it, inhibit certain effects while potentiating others. So there's, it, it's Very just, it's a really complicated, yeah, cannabinoid. And there's like, I started going into all these research papers. And so I have like stacks of things that I've read. And that's really why I started diving into it is because you can see that like the medical, the science community is like heavily involved in researching this cannabinoid. And so some of the things I found out were like, it's super useful with type 2 diabetes and blood pressure regulation, obesity. So there's a paper that basically interacts with lipid and glucose metabolism. Wow. Um, when they use the animal models, it reduces nausea. Basically, it curbs your appetite. So yeah, it, advanced way of saying it, it decreases the resting state, uh, functional connectivity, Increases your cognitive control, uh, dorsal visual stream. Jeez. Basically, it's like a, a, a diet weed. Uh, helps with neurological disorders, spasmodic symptoms, uh, delaying uh, disease progression, such as Parkinson's. So this is when we take a look at something like THCV. This is what we're talking about, right? Tetrohydrocannabivarin, the V. Bearings, wow. correct. And there's also CBDV, uh, yes. CBGV, and then of course the acidic, you know, versions as well. CBGVA. I think there's a CBC. I mean, I think there's there's variants basically along with every other cannabinoid That's on the wild. same pathways. It's just yeah, it's just base. I mean, two links short of that same model. Right, uh, containing two less carbon molecules this article says than their counterparts wow so it's the it's the carbon huh that is very interesting man so this is a game changer medicinally and i I hear people talking about this as well as are you now hunting for not just these strains that produce thcv but then like you said also counterbalance some of the things you might not want like that appetite suppression that's what i'm going for so like i mean i found dominant stuff so i mean i i I've worked, so S1s, S2s, I found it. Basically, I was trying to find a dominant THCV thing. It took me to the S3s of it, you know, reversing, because I have 
the basis that I'm working on is a is a one-to-one plant. So it was given to me. It was hunted in Vancouver, Washington. A gentleman hit me up and said he found, um, you know, a varin that he had to run 10, 11 weeks, came up 3%, 3% THC to THCV. That's really, really high, like, right? Even having 1% is like a big deal, right? I was on it like, I mean, immediately. Like I was like, I need this. And so ended up getting that running indoors because it was done outdoors. And then that's where I like lost my mind because I started really, I took tons of cuts, put it through um, different trials. And so basically I ran it all the way up to like 17, 18 weeks. I ran one at 10 weeks, one at 11, one at 12 and kind of charted where, where it increased. And so I saw that the Ferens didn't even start kicking in until like week 12, 13. And so it's like I took it week 16, that same plant produced almost 6% both of those. It was like 5.92 and 5.7 of THC and THCV. And so I, that's where I was like, okay, I'm this is like, this is where I'm at. Like there's so much in here I'm not understanding. So I started adding UVB, trying to shorten the flower time scene of the intensity, you know, trying to replicate like Southern Sun, and something similar to Africa. It was something where I was like, okay, this is cool. And so threw a couple males at it, went through a lot of the seeds of that. And that's really where like the gold was. And so uh, one of the cultivars, which was uh, Buff V, it's uh, Afghan. It's basically like a, a super broad leaf against a super narrow leaf. And like, mm. so the THC dominance really came out. But a lot of the times it went recessive in other cultivars where this also kept uh a minute dominance, it was like, so the cultivars were hitting three to two ratios. So it'd be like 12 to 17 THC and almost like six to 7% THCV. I mean, it was something where I was wow. like, okay, this is while retaining a broadleaf aspect. And so trying to find like something in a broadleaf or a shorter flowering time, a lot of the time you'll get like her herms. I mean, just because the instability there is like out of control. And so really? that's my whole hunt was trying to find something that's like a nine, 10 week plant that produces, you know, 10% THCV. <laughs> and is also intersex stable. Correct. And it, as well as all the other cannabinoids. So uh, another one that I found was my Varen's G. And that was, I used a CBG male instead of a THC dominant. And so that, ended up sending it on a different pathway and then it had cbdv dominance in it and then it also had cbgv but it also had majority cbg so it was like six percent cbg four percent cbd two or three percent thcv and it had every cannabinoid like every single one and like one percent range like it's it's one of those things that just blew my mind jeez that is absolutely wild, man. Now, when we talk about these numbers, do you only do like chromatography, high pressure liquid chromatography? Uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't really rely on, I don't want to name a specific brand. You can't really rely no, on yeah, this home yeah. testing. No, I have kits, to correct? pay for lab testing. Yeah. You, you go full-blown lab testing every time because you don't trust some of the other ones, which may show indicators of these, but not, not as accurate ranges. Yeah. And I mean, I've played with every single one and I mean, it's a useful tool in some instances, but not in this. I mean, even at, at analytical labs, I've had to like shop around at labs who know how to process variants because like 
I've taken stuff to like two or three labs and had crazy inconsistencies. And really? So See, that's what I hear. I found a lab actually. That's tough. There's one in uh, Virginia named Cyto Labs, and he absolutely like amazing. So if you're in Virginia, I recommend going to him, Cyto Labs. Cyto Labs. There you go. Shout out yes. Cyto Labs. I'm always looking to to shout out those types of companies because I hear this yes. all the time. Yeah. I hear that the testing companies do a different. You see these stories of some testing companies getting busted for fudging numbers, and it just happened in <laughs> Las Vegas. It's like, God dang, man, I can't trust the home machine, can't trust the lab, but I guess you find somebody who, who like you said, is reputable and you stick with them. Yeah, there's a few in Oklahoma. There's actually one in uh, Washington that got busted for uh, numbers, and I saw the lab in Oklahoma the other day. I was like, ah. That's, That's crazy, fine. man. You can't be doing that. You can't be fucking <laughs> no. saying it's it, it, and it's so funny too because they're just boosting THC numbers to get the THC consumer looking for the highest THC, you know what I mean? So it's just yeah. it's silly. It's a silly time, but but yeah, I'm glad that you're you're going through all the right all the right steps and you're doing this right. It's data driven. It sounds like you're hunting from, you know, the your this community that you've built up. You're you're pulling from the community to find these rare strains. And uh, now you're stabilizing them. You're stabilizing them through a selfing process. I'm interested in that. No back crossing for you or anything like that? Well, some some of the cultivars, yes. But the project with that was mostly to try and bring out the dominance because going back, you know, would kind of bring it back to the, the stable ratios of the one-to-one. It was like a homozygous oh, one-to-one. And so it's like trying to it, it was trying to establish dominance for the thcv and so it was finding the easiest way i found was selfing and then finding the underlying or recessive you know Moving forward with that trait yeah that's a good yeah. point i didn't think about it like that <laughs> i guess that's why i'm not a breeder that's a really good point so you're trying to bring out this rare trait and stabilize it so therefore you went with the selfing process which a cuts out a whole bunch of the male side of things which can just make your job harder and it then does B, make it a lot harder. Yeah. And then B, you're bringing <laughs> forward that trait. That is very interesting, man. Super, super cool. So what is that project called again? What is that S? You said it was an S3 currently. What is that one called? It's just a THCV. So it was the one. That's all I called it was THCV. So I had S1 and S2. I don't think I've ever released those as much just because, again, with the intersexing, it's not something that I recommended for people. It was more experimental. And so it's something that like now i'm finding where it's getting stable but yeah i definitely had a lot of issues in the s1s <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh you know that's worth it for some people who are who are looking for that medicinal quality right intersexing yep. used to be like the number one thing to kick out of your tent and now there's hash makers who are like yeah it throws a couple pollen sacks but it makes really good hash <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean it doesn't it's, matter if it ruins everything else right yeah it's like uh, that'll come out in the in the rosin bag that pollen will come out so it's just funny how that's kind of changed over time but yeah dude i want to talk about more of your work shout out uh ari from dino Myco. he gave me an og of yours what was it called magnum og or uh, og magnum og so was like, holy yeah. fucking shit dude I love OGs. I've had them all. And this one has stuck in my mind this year. As far as like top smokes of the year, this one is in the running 100%. It was a, it was an OG Magnum. He brought me four or five different kinds from your garden, I believe, or somebody who was yeah, growing yeah. your gear. No, that was me. Oh, dude, Jesus Christ. That OG Magnum stuck in my mind. It, that and the Blackwater OG might be the two best OGs I tried this year. I appreciate that, man. 
I put a lot of heart in that. That one's a little funky too, because it has kind of like an orange curry Tic Tac flavor to it. It's like a little different almost like than most of the OGs. Orange curry Tic Tac. I wish I had a bud to smell. I just remember it being very, very complex, which makes sense with what you just said. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, that wide complexity, you know, I don't mind one dimensional strains that just smell like one thing, but the strains that really get me are the ones that you got to go back in for a third, fourth, fifth whiff. Just and you to, still can't pin it. Just you can't trying even to pin, pin it down. Exactly. It You're like, what is that? That's what I, that's, that's literally like, if I go into a garden, I, I, I smell things and there's like certain things I look for. And like, there's actually one right now that me and the wife, um, she's the one who actually found it, but. I like taking her through and having her like rub things, but there's this, so it's called hardware. It's a uh, purple UW cross of macaroni. It's from like t- 2019. I think I made it, but I've been hunting all of them. And one of them smells like a 70s skating rink. Like I can't describe <laughs> it any other way than like, it smells like a roller skating rink. Like literally if you were to go in the seventies and for those who have been roller skating back, you know, in the day or even up to the nineties or whatever, if they still have them, it's got that like funk, that weird funky smell of the skates and I, it's floor wax, floor wax, foot foot sweat and rubber brake stops. (laughs) That's kind of exactly it. Like that's how I would, I don't know. It blew my mind. It's still flowering right now. So I can't wait. It (laughs) It smells like a skate rink. It's a uh, stale popcorn and fucking foot sweat. And I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. Rubber and like, yeah. Foot sweat. And just (laughs) like that weird carpet smell, like wet carpet or something. Yeah. Weird carpet smell for sure. Dude, that's what I think that, uh, I think that that's what people are after right now. The cookies and the cakes and the sweets are always appealing, especially to those who aren't that into the community, to be honest. You know what I mean? Those are just those are just universally appealing flavors. It's like giving somebody a sugar cube. It's going to be pleasing for many people out there. But the people who are growing, the people who are hunting, of course, they want those weird ass terps. They want foul ones, nasty ones, rubbery ones, rare, kind of off the wall ones. So, so yeah, I like that description quite a bit. The Skating Rink Terps. We will be right back. But before that, this, the FOOP, everybody, thefoop.com, code GROWCAST, always for your organic fish waste-based nutrients. And you know, spring is right around the corner, and it's time to start thinking about propagation. That's right, cloning, popping seeds. This is what you're thinking about, and what you need is to add some microbiology, baby. FOOP is my go-to organic source for propagation. You can even go to thefoop.com slash cloning, and there you'll see all their offerings, like their clone gel, their mist, their propagation propagation packs. It's all organic. It's loaded with biology. And that's what you want when you're cloning or popping seeds. Jumpstart that microbiology. Here's a little hack. Grab yourself some of that foop mist ready to use and spray it on your wet paper towels when you're doing the paper towel method and germinating. This is going to coat your plant in beneficial bacteria and some beneficial fungi, and that is going to stimulate their immune system and get them bursting out of that seed hole vigorously and healthily. So check it out at thefoop.com slash cloning. Use the organic products that they have to maximize your plant's potential and always use code GROWCAST. So go ahead and try it today. Grab their mist, grab their gel. I use this stuff. I love it. And I know your plants are going to love it too. Thefoop.com. Be healthy. Go organic. Use Foop. All right, everybody, let's get back to it. What else are you working on, man? What are you super, super proud of? Let's, let's say this. 
that's available. So somebody who's listening is like, I like this guy. I want to go try something that really represents his work. Where would you direct them? Oh man. And there's, so there's a few seed banks, but, um, I'm trying to think of like what projects because I've done so many things. So the funny thing is, is I haven't done a lot of releases because I've been hunting through everything. But <laughs> you're teasing my audience, dude. They're 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 freaking the out. The last right now. project I did was in collaboration with uh, Leaf Logic Cultivation here. So they're a hash facility. Good friends of mine in Oklahoma. Shout out to Leaf Logic, but Matt. And I, the the head of cultivation, have established a pretty good relationship. And I talk to them constantly about stuff. And so he found this mail that he wanted me to check out. I brought it back and put it through the ringer. And it ended up being a pretty good selection. And so he, him and I used it on some similar crosses. And so I did some releases of that recently. I don't think a lot of people pick those up. But those can You can hit me up personally if you're interested. A lot of them came out really good. I actually just cut down probably like three phenos of the strawberry G, uh, which I call strawberry GT. And they were just massive. And they're, I mean, a few of them did test washes at, you know, four plus percent. And so they got, they got the hashability. They have flower appeal, but they yielded like on the papaya side of things and like the papaya cut I have is like, I mean, there is nothing really to compare to it because it's just these massive like soda, two liter cola bottles that like produce the best hash. And so it's like, it's one of the best finds I've had recently. There are a few other ones, I think sugar-free. Um, there is another one that was like a GMO back cross with a grape jelly sundae. I think Garlic Jellies was the name of that one. And I have a few phenos of that. I that saw really that one. Too. Yeah, I think I saw that one. That Garlic Jellies. That's one that you're real proud of? Yeah, it's been good. And then the Melvins. Anything to do with Melvins. So, like, I don't know if any of my fems are still available of that. But, like, anything to do with Melvins. The Boz, uh, you'll be seeing that a little bit more from people here in the future. It was a pretty limited release, but I'll have another release here shortly. And I think I have a few packs left in the vault, but that's a uh, bacon OG cross with Melvins and that like, Oh shit. If you like foul and sweet at the same time, cause like Melvins is such an exotic cultivar. It's like, essentially it's like a Skittles back cross five with the one thrown in it. And so the one is like a 71 tie 76 or 71 Kandar Afghan 76 tie. Wow. So it's got the Skittles poly hybrid and then, yep. and then yeah. some weird shit that no, anytime anybody smells it, they're like, it smells sweet, but it's got some weird funk. Like that's all anybody ever says. Some weird funk. You can <laughs> never describe what that weird funk is, but it's got it. And so that one got hit to the Bicket, which has come up yeah. on this show quite a bit. Yeah. I love Bicket, man. Well, I had the pleasure of trying some, uh, you know, some Terp Wizard rosin at the regenerative, um, what's it called? You know, the regenerative conference yes. and everyone had the bicket there. Cause I guess that's the washer, right? That's what everyone's growing yes. that bicket for. No, she washes like a mother. Dude, like you said, it smelled like a dirty insincorator. It smelled like, it smelled like the worst insincorator gunk funk ever that you tried to cover up with, with lime lines. Yeah. And it's just, it's, but it's got like a sweetness to it too. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Like when you smoke it, it's got that raunchiness, but it's got that cherry pie kind of sweetness to it on the back. So it's not, 
it's foul, but it's got a nice sweetness where you're not like vomiting after you're like hacking. Mm. Dude, that's that's amazing. So the Melvins crossed to the Bicket, and I'm sorry, that one, what was that cross called? The Boz, like Brian Bosworth. The, the Boz, that's the Boz. Damn, dude, that's a, that one sounds good. I might have to fucking scoop me some of those. And that that was a femme, you said? Yes. Nice. Low plant count growers liking that. Killer, dude. It seems to be the popular thing nowadays. And for it's one of the things people started to hit me up for more it's with true. Femmes, So it's something I'm doing a lot more of. Yeah, man. That's uh same situation. We hear it a lot. And um, for a while, you know, you would hear a lot of pushback. And now it's more and more common, my friend. So you got to give the people what they want and you got to give the people what they'll grow, you know? Yeah, that's that's mostly it. That's the point of this thing, right? So yeah, you'd mentioned the Melvins, I remember, uh, last we spoke. So that was cool. That was a little bit of a callback for people who remember the the last breeder feature. What are you uh what are you working on right now besides the the uh medical varin hunt? Okay, so um I have well the varin's going. I have so I hunted through a bunch of apricoma stuff. I like to go just through all my seed stock, I'm just kind of making my way through generations. So I'm like, I'm in like 2019 to 2020 right now. <laughs> a few years backlog. <laughs> Trying to catch up. And so um, I just like to pop a lot of them. So I'll save, you know, a few hundred to a few thousand and just dump them on. The Apricoma I ended up, so that's Mac 5 times Fruity Pebble OG times Pineapple Sorbet F2. Ooh. And that, I've been hitting to all just, I found a few males, put them through, a, you know, like a six month process, ended up with two. Uh, one of them I really favored. One of them super recessive. The other one showed a little dominance that I like. I'm um, just for resin production. So I went with that particular male. But I have uh, an OK hemp cut that I've uh, ATG Acres found, uh, Aaron the Grower. Oh, sweet. Um, another shout out. But he uh, found this in a field, like in a, they were just out hunting for stuff and ended up finding some hemp patches. And so he took cuttings of a bunch of the different patches. And one of them had like a purple kind of cushy smell to it. Uh, super narrow leaf, like completely narrow leaf. And so I ended up getting one of the cuts from him, brought it indoors, quarantined it made a mom out of it and so i've been doing a few crosses and so i did one came up pretty much a one-to-one -one, and it's just been bringing out wild expressions like things that, like really fucking weird stuff and so that's kind of something i'm super excited about i think i had heard about that somebody else mentioning atg in those those rare genetics that's cool that you're working with those yeah he he went and collected a lot of the wild hemp too so they did you know self-pollination they'd been there for generations and so it was it's pretty cool to get a select a few of the females and i have some of the seed stock as well but this was just the first thing that he gave me and i think it was probably about a year ago at this point a year wow. and a half something like that it was when i first met him so i think about a year ago that is really cool and then i got just uh some varen's g femmes so that one specific varen i reversed and then i'm hitting that to a bunch of other THC cultivars and CBD. Melvins, I have more of the Boz, some more Melvins S1s, and then a bunch of other stuff that I hit, like uh, just a bunch of stuff that I've hunted through in the past couple uh, months. And then 
some mud honey crosses and mud honey is kind of another cross I did, I think in 2017, 18. Um, but it's just something that had every, every cannabinoid. It was lesser amounts. Like it had, you know, under 1% CBC, Delta A, just rare things, but it was really THC dominant and it had kind of more of like a chocolate Bubba Kush smell to it. Ooh, so what was the, what were the parents on the mud honey? Oh man, I have to look through that one. I can't even remember what they were. I can look it up. Cause there's, it's like a four way cross. I can't remember. It's like, uh, let me see if I can. I'll pull it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're a big deal. There's websites with this mud honey CBD rich cross that combines Cobain Kush with medicated OG back cross. So it's a uh, triple barrel OG Harlequin and Cobain Kush. That's it. Ooh, my goodness. Mud honey. That's beautiful. Still available. Neptune seed bank. So how did this one express? You said it's got more of a Bubba thing. It says it's got a chocolate. Super chocolatey. Yeah. Kind of uh, earthy chocolate, like Bubba vibes to it. But it's just got some weird expressions to it, too. Jeez. A lot of color. The pictures are insane. Oh, my God. It's huge. Now that's one thing I've I've gone through and then hit. I found females and males of that, so I'm kind of doing like I don't just kind of you know stack a room with twelve different cuts and then hit it with one male. Like I I like to go through and really figure out like what would work for like what I'm going to do. Like if I'm going to line breed this or I'm going to bring out this specific cannabinoid or I just have all these thoughts and so I have a journal of different things. And that's why when I release things, there's like you know, three or four different males and probably, you know, nine or 12 different females that are all different. Right. Yeah. So it's not just about taking the one male and making a lot of crosses. You're looking to match these males to females specifically. So you do more male work and then less females per male. I could definitely see that. This is a beautiful cross, man. I mean, a heavy yielder, I assume this thing is, it looks like it throws fucking huge chunkers. No, and she grows quick too. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot faster grower than Bubba. That's for that's sure. Beautiful. Like, that's all I can say. I miss those old school Bubba, like Bubba Kush circa, circa like 2012. Yeah. Humboldt County. That was a very, it was fun everywhere. I mean, it was used in everything back then. Like, totally. I, I like it. Maybe, uh, maybe I just didn't get burnt out on it, but I remember that terpene profile very specifically and very fondly. It's still around, man, especially for like, you know, traditional, like the katsu bubba or whatever, the Asians cut that finishes in like 48 days, man, that thing will be around forever because it depths (laughs) like nothing else. Yeah, 100%, man. So the mud honey, looking good, man, looking good. Like I said, I'm still kind of freaking out over that uh, OG Magnum. Is that a strain that's available or is that one gone? Oh man, I don't know. I'd have to look through the banks and see. It's been a while, honestly. OG Magnum. Yeah, that I'm telling you, man, that one really did really did blow my mind. I do release cuts if anyone's interested in it though. I do release cuts every now and then. So feel free to hit me up because I do have that cut that you're talking about specifically. Well, you're pretty close to me. We might have to make a cut swap. Do you like peach strains? <laughs> oh, I do. I do. That's something I, I'm constantly hunting through as well. So I, mean, I got a peach dosi that might that might knock your tits off. 
Well, <laughs> Take a look at this. Like we got a trade on our hands. Hey, see how that happens on air, listeners? You just saw that happen in real time. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it looks like OG Magnum. I can't find seeds of it. It's on Seed Finder, but it's not on any of the seed banks. And uh, this no, one, I don't think so. This one really did impress me, man. You grew that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you grow? Can you tell us about your grow and, and what you think about cultivation? Yeah, certainly. So you you had my so I I do different styles. I'm pretty much well versed in all styles of cultivation. I mean, I kind of started off doing hydro, and so I started out backwards, like most people start out in soil. I kind of, I mean, I started out in soil, like when I had no idea what I was doing. When I kind of started really in my 20s, getting to things like I had to help a friend who was sick. He did hydro specifically, and so I really learned that as like a larger cultivation style then i kind of switched to cocoa then the organic movement and so like 2009 10 i, I really got into soil and i think 11 or 12 i i took uh, maybe it was 13 chose course when he came down to washington for the first time and really got into knf and so that's really my style was going organic and then i switched to I think one of the first people in Washington to start doing probiotic breeding, you know, with KNF specifically. So everything was done um, in KNF beds with, you know, emos, emo built soil and ferments. And I started doing Jadam as well and incorporating stuff like JLF and, you know, just, just incorporating basically every style of organics, just trying to produce the most cost effective flower I could. And so, most of the stuff I do for myself is all organic. The stuff you had would be out of my beds. That's just pure organics. Jeez, man. Um, a lot of the time for other stuff, for production style or, you know, other things, I will do synganics where I basically do a light salt. I mean, it's just a, a basic mineral feeding at, you know, like a low EC, mm-hmm. but I primarily incorporate like dry amendments try and set up as much as I can to where the amendments take care of all the feeding. And then I have a series of, you know, teas, inoculants, specific formulas that I've created through um, KNF program, but just incorporating that as well. And so I do some Synganic sets more for like trying to cut costs for facilities and trying to restructure SOPs, which I still do consultations and things like that. And so that's more for people who are running Coke or, you know, won't go to organics or don't want to have that conversation. And I, I tend to do some organics, but I, I primarily do organics for my breeding and for all my flower. That's cool, man. Do you see a massive difference in seed health and vigor? And you tell me, um, doing this oh, yeah, probiotic sure, breeding, you know, we, we talk about the, um, we talk about the link of the of the bacteria between the mother plant and the seed itself, right? That's why some guests have come on this show and they've said, don't wash your seeds in hydrogen peroxide because you're breaking that that chain. Just like when humans give birth, there's an inoculation that occurs. And, and a lot of people say it makes for better genetics. It makes for a higher germination rate, uh, all these things. Is that something you've observed? Yeah. I mean, and so one of the, especially with other organic growers or people who do similar methods, like I mean, I tend to have perfect germination rates. The vigor on them is like, you know, I get reports they are like, this is like nothing I've ever seen. And I mean, there's something behind it, like the whether you use biointelligent or whatever terminology to describe it, 
I mean, it is a thing. Like they basically respond, react immediately in the soil. And like, I've done it based on, uh, you know, salts and organics. And I've done comparisons between the three. And it's like every time uh, the probiotic seeds hit, like they finish faster, they're in veg, they're twice as large. It's, wow. it's every step. They're just a step ahead. But I mean, that's in my program where they're, you know, in an organic environment. And so, I mean, I could be tailoring it. I just, I find that when I breed with salts, it's like the actual germination rates, they fall off quite a bit. And just, that is why I'm not as happy with the seeds themselves, like the actual seed. They just don't respond the same way. Well, I mean, it's the way nature intended, right? Microbes, you're swimming in it. Like that's, that's literally the, the whole basis of the reproduction and germination process is the facilitation of these microbes. And like you said, getting back into a system with that microbiology. So for the listeners, even if you're, if you're not growing in a, in a KNF living soil bed, no till, maybe you're, you're closer to set up like mine, you still want to keep that microbiology in mind, right? A lot of people uh, will inoculate their seeds like I'll hit my seeds in a paper towel with a spray of foop mist, just bam, bacteria, fungi right on it, or roll their seeds in myco or, you know what I mean? Jumpstart that microbiology. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. Just like jumpstarting that microbiology can be a, a huge game changer for germination and, and all of that. So I want to come visit the fucking spot, dude. You got these no-till beds. That sounds dope. It sounds like you're, you're living the dream. <laughs> it's not. It's it's smaller right now. Like I, I definitely love to have a bigger place for cultivating at this point. But uh, I think we're always, you know, like that. Yeah, that's it's never big enough, right? Always need more no. lights, more tents. Always. That's so true. On the KNF side, where would you recommend people start? Maybe they're already growing in soil, but they haven't really got into like homemade inputs and you know ferments. Do you have a oh, yeah. place that you'd recommend sure. they start with that's simple? So, uh, Chris Trump, of course, is a wonderful resource. He's oh, yeah. pretty good about it. He's been on this show. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really good at breaking things down. Uh, Touched by Cannabis, he's in Oklahoma and Tulsa as well. Hey, he's um, speaking at our event. You're another, shouting out my friends. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, another well-versed person, OKC Calix, uh, Jadam. He does Jadam as well. And so, yeah. OK Calix. Uh, yeah, let's see. Other than that, I would say just online, man. Like that's how I did besides going to the classes and getting hands on. Like if you can ever, I think there's a course coming up in Texas soon in this year for Jadam courses. And so that's always immersing. Yeah. So immersing yourself, that's kind of the main thing. The PDF for KNF is free online. So you can go on and start reading pretty simple. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to somebody like me or um, anybody who does KNF and, you know, we'll kind of help you with the ratios dilution. Or if you have a step that you're getting mold in your emos or certain things, like things that we all had to learn along the way. So feel free to reach out to, I'm sure any of us will respond uh, when time permits, but um, I'd say go online. Uh, The Jadam book as well. You can purchase that, I believe at any bookstore, Amazon you know, pretty much anywhere, but the Jadam book's worth a read as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's funny you just mentioned OK Calyx and uh, Touched by Cannabis will both be speaking at the Community Cup Oklahoma Sunday, May 7th. That's right. That event is going down, everybody, and it's huge. I would love to see you there, Captain, Captain Seattle. 
let's talk, man. We got to at least get you there to show up and smoke some with us because uh, yeah, this one's going to sure. be big. We got we got Brandon Rust. We got OK Callus. We got Touched by Cannabis. Farmer John's going to be there. Rise of Rich is going to be there. I'm going to be there. That's cool. You just shouted out some of the people who are who are going to be educating with. And I think that like you get bit by the bug a little bit and then you go deeper. Right. So I, I think that when people try to start making their own JLF with their with their cannabis leaf waste. Yeah. I think that that's that it just puts a bug in you, man. Much like growing itself, making your own inputs really puts a bug right in your stomach. Yeah, making a lacto, making your first set of labs and then kind of going down the EM1 rabbit hole. And my favorite thing is like emos and going out for collection, like using rice and going out, like finding diverse microbial life. And depending on where, you know, you're at, you can basically dial in your microbes depending on your area. Right. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful process. It is so cool that you're doing that, man. You're farming organic, no till you're hunting ancillary cannabinoids in this organic setup using data driven research. I think people really respect that you're, you're helping people out there, but you're also simultaneously working on these projects for, uh, you know, the stoners, stoners like me, the stuff that you, that you want to expand your mind, and relax <laughs> you and, and do all the things for myself as well. I mean, that's, yeah, that's where I, I love the new flavors. Like that's something I'm always trying is other people's work as well. I like to see what's relevant or what other people feel is good for, you know, hype stuff just to kind of compare. Uh, well, you're doing a good job, man. You're doing a good job on both fronts. Before we wrap up this awesome podcast, what's, what's next on the horizon? What do you plan on working on through 2023 and beyond? Oh man, I think I'm just going to be hunting, man. I don't really have specific plans at this point, but just kind of, um, like I said, when I came here, it was more focused on making other people happy or doing things for other people. And now it's just me and my family staying happy and trying to, you know, do what I love. And so in turn, I'm better to them and we have a better life. So I, th I think I'm just going to stick with, you know, doing what I know and love at this point. Just breeding, working on your projects, tinkering away back to the basics. And if anything else, anything else comes up and, you know, I, I'm always kind of, you know, out and I mean, I'm out every single week kind of driving around to different parts and doing, you know, stuff on different parts of the country, consultation work. But yeah, it's just mostly when I get home, it's hunting and, you know, being with my family and that's, that's what I love to do. So that's what I'm going to do. Living the dream. Like I said, that's wonderful. I think a lot of people respect that. A lot of people look up to that. And uh, you guys know where to find Seattle Chronic Seeds. Uh, shout out the Instagram, any websites, seed banks, where can uh, people get at you? So, of course, Instagram, Seattle Chronic Seeds. Uh, I have a website, seattlechronicseeds.com. Um, I generally have orders directed to my email uh, just through the payment systems for a pain in the butt, of course. Uh, you can find seeds at Seeds Here Now, Neptune, DC Seed Exchange. Uh, if you're in Tulsa, Fire Tree Seed Bank, and they also do online orders as well. There is a Seed Connection that has my seeds as well. They have actually a lot of Mactite stuff that isn't around anymore. So if OG Magnum was available, I think it might be available there. <laughs> There the seed connection would be the one place. I've been yeah. thinking about that one, man. I don't bring. I I'm I'm not bullshit, and I don't bring that up lightly. I got some more stuff I want you to try too, man. I, <laughs> I got some stuff that'll blow your mind if you like. Certain that. shit hangs on your mind. You know how that goes. You smoke it, and then yes, eight months later, yeah. you're like that thing, that thing. 
I do indeed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, thank you, man. This was a dope episode. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. I'd love to have you on Growcast TV, our, our web show for the members. Uh, you are you know, an open door on, policy, man. man. So we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good, brother. You rock. Thank you, Seattle Chronic Seeds. And thank you, listeners. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, you know what to do. Growcastpodcast.com slash action. Join the green list there. It's our mailing list. It's free. And see all the stuff we're doing. All right. That's all for today. This is Seattle Chronic Seeds and Jordan River signing off saying, be safe out there, everybody. Be safe. And of course, grow smarter. And grow smarter. Love (laughs) y'all. That's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Thank you to Seattle Chronic Seeds. Another awesome episode in the books. Stay tuned for more and stay tuned because we're on tour. That's right. As you hear this, we have the Breeder Workshop with Rizo Rich. That is March 4th in Rockford, Illinois at Next Level Garden Supply. Go to growcastpodcast.com slash classes to see all of our upcoming classes. Queen of the Sun Grown is also in Boston in March and Missouri in April. Doing the Living Soil Masterclass, come get your soil scoped. Come get your soil food web optimized by the queen herself. Unfortunately, I will not be at those events, but she's going to take care of you, blow your mind with some amazing education. But I will be present at the upcoming Breeder Class as well as the Community Cup and the Cultivators Cup. More info on the Community Cup coming very, very shortly. Lots of big things coming this year, everybody. See everything that's going down at growcastpodcast.com slash classes. That'll also show you the meetups and stay tuned. Growcast Seed Co., of course, at growcastpodcast.com slash seed co. And check out our membership, probably open right now at growcastpodcast.com slash membership. All right, everyone. Hope you're doing amazing things in your garden. I'll be back with some more education, as always, each and every Monday. Stay tuned. Bye-bye, everybody. I like taking her through and having her like rub things.